0: Welcome back to the John Catsimatidis Cats Katz at Night show. In studio, we have Rudy Washington, John Catsimatidis, and myself, Lydia Serrani. On the line, we have Judge Weinberg, as well as Melissa DeRosa, the former secretary to New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Welcome back to Cats at Night, Melissa DeRosa. Great to be back, guys. Melissa, I have to ask you, I know you were listening to John's exclusive interview with uh, George Santos. I want to hear your thoughts.
1: You know, look, I, and I said this uh, last week when I was on your show, the guy is a total fraud. I mean, he can dance around it all he wants and he can say, oh, I'm, I didn't mean that my family was Holocaust survivors. When I said I was Jewish, I said I was Jewish And, you know, my company, maybe I didn't work for these investment banking firms, but my company had relationships with, I mean, he was he's a total fraud. But at the same time, you know, he was elected. And so we live in a country where we stand by the will of the voters. And so at this point, I really think that the fate of George Santos is up to, you know, his constituents in the next election. And short of that, I think that the Republicans in the House, if they're going to you know hold themselves up as being credible, the ethics committee needs to undergo a serious investigation. And it's now sort of up to them in terms of whether or not he receives a censure or whether or not he's expelled. But but, you know, there's a lot of hysteria. It's clear the guy is not going to resign preemptively. And, you know, again, where was the press and, and where was the, the Zimmerman campaign?
2: Right. And, and I, I, you know, uh, Melissa, this is Rudy Washington. I, I don't know who's advising him. Uh, he he answered the question on John's show. And if I was he, I would go sit down on a couch somewhere and shut my mouth. But I hear he's doing other interviews. He's
0: going on Tucker Carlson tonight. I mean, I don't know what's going through his head. Judge Weinberg, what do you
2: think? I think uh, Deputy Mayor Rudy Washington is absolutely correct. Or sit there quietly until the moment passed. He said enough.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, sort of rule one of crisis management is answer the question and don't make any more news, because every time the guy opens his mouth, especially if he is a sociopath, which it seems he might be, (laughs) You know, there's a good shot that he'll change his story each time he talks. So it's like you answered the question once, refer people to your prior comments on John's show, and move forward.
2: Uh, Melissa is absolutely right. You said that, but he fits the typical characteristics of a sociopath. Yes. Yes.
1: I mean, you know, it's it's interesting because, and I said this on your show last week, too, you know, Julia Salazar, who's a Democratic Socialist who's in the state Senate, she was also a big liar. You know, she claimed she was an immigrant. She claimed she was poor. She claimed she was Jewish. And she was none of those things. And she was still elected. Now, in that situation, the press had outed all of those things prior to her election. So voters made the affirmative decision to elect her despite the fact that she had, you know, these tendencies to lie and was a little bit of a sociopath herself. And in this situation, voters didn't know it really in a big way until after the fact. And, you know, the other question is, had they known earlier, maybe they still would have elected the guy. I don't know. You know, the Republican wave in Long Island was really strong this year, as we all saw. But voters were deprived of that information when they cast their ballots. But, you know, here we are. So if I were advising this guy, I would say sit down and shut up and, you know, hope you don't get kicked out by your own party in the house, which would be an incredible thing. And I don't see happening.
0: Well, speaking but, of uh, uh, Jewish members of Congress, Alexandria casio cortez has now revealed her Jewish heritage. She said, I knew it. I sensed it. Just saw an article come out. <laughs> she spoke at an event organized by Jewish people for racial and economic justice at the Jackson Heights Jewish Center in Queens. And she talked about her family's uh, Jewish heritage. She traces it back. To the Spanish Inquisition, she said her family consists of Sephardic Jews. So, Judge Weinberg, she's a she's a tribesman now. She's part of your tribe.
2: I'm so, I'm sorry to hear
0: that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, Harry Siegel actually did a phenomenal column in the Daily News last Sunday about people, you know, exploiting Judaism and pretending to be Jewish as they're running for office, and it just, you know, you can't make it up.
0: Julia Salazar, exactly. That's what she did too. She pretended. And I, I almost. pretended to be gay or is he gay? Nobody knows. I mean, I it's up gay. to. I think he's gay. Really? I think so. Cause he did some stuff in Brazil they're talking about now with the boyfriend or I don't know. Anyway, uh, so let's, let's move forward. I know Judge Weinberg, you want to talk about this subject. Hector LaSalle, it looks like Governor Hokel, uh, yeah, that- she nominated this guy to be the chief of state Supreme Court, say state, state chief judge, right, of New York State. And Correct. you've got the progressive left; they want to squash it. It's not looking good. Explain.
2: Well, and I you also know, want to get Melissa's thoughts yes. on this too. This is this is the problem. You have a, an independent commission, seven members, seven nominees. They picked one. There was a campaign against uh, LaSalle and two other charges from the very beginning from the left saying we will not accept these people. These three are not acceptable. So what they've done is they've totally politicized the appointment of a judge, the court of appeals, and particularly the chief judge of the court of appeals, which is reprehensible because judges should not be political. They should not be ideological. Their job is not to rubber stamp the ideology of the left or the right, but to interpret the state constitution and the laws of the state of New York. And there's a danger since you have a runaway state legislature with crazy impulses to tax everything, to regulate everything. The next thing they'll do is copy California and try to give reparations. And there'll be a constitutional question whether the state of New York can grant reparations to some folks. And do you really want to pack the court with somebody to say, amen, yes, it's a good idea? Melissa, what do you think?
1: No, look, I couldn't agree with you more, Judge. It, it, but this is where we sort of are now. You know, Janet Fiore, who I thought was a phenomenal judge, was sort of run out of town because she, you know, had the gall to uphold the state constitution and not be political. And what's interesting is Democrats are currently, I think, correctly railing against the Supreme Court in how right it's tilted and how it's broken with decades of precedent on things like Roe. And now we're chastising our own appointees for not, you know, doing the same thing. And saying, oh, whether or not this is the law, you shouldn't uphold it because a Democrat appointed you. And so you should interpret things in ways that are favorable to Democrats. And that's sort of a scary place to be. And we can't chastise one side of the aisle and then be the same, which is what I think Democrats are sort of doing here. And I looked at that list and I thought LaSalle was the most qualified. I actually took the time to read the decision on that labor case that the unions are upset about and You know, my interpretation is he upheld the law. And if people want to say it's a bad law and change the law, then that's an avenue for the legislature to undertake. But to say, you know, he should have interpreted the law differently in a way that was favorable to union leadership is, again, sort of a scary place to end up when we're talking about the judiciary, which is supposed to be separate and apart from the political process. So but, you know, look, I I think Again, it's like, where does the where does the blame lie? And I think that Hochul's administration did a terrible job on the rollout. I don't know what they were thinking in terms of, you know, lining up the correct validators. It looks like a lot of people were blindsided. The unions didn't have a heads up. So they all come out against her publicly, which to me, and, you know, you guys have been watching politics a long time. When you see the head of the AFL-CIO hours after her app- appointee is announced putting out a public statement criticizing it, I mean, that's, you know, sort of shows a lack of respect, which is scary for her going into next year in her negotiating posture with the legislature and in general in Albany when the head of the AFL-CIO.
2: She's going to need the the Republicans, it looks like, to get her nominee through.
0: Has that ever happened that a governor can't even get her the nominee through?
2: Never.
1: It would be the first first time in history, Lydia. It's it's feckless.
0: Sorry, that is weak. And the fact that she, we talked about this, she could, she went along with the pay raises, the $32,000. She could have tied that up with the well, bail reform. She could have put media, gave made sure to get the judge's discretion, media, which is what Mayor Adams wants and the police commissioner has been true, pushing for.
2: If that's true, kiss bail reform goodbye. I, can, yeah, I, I mean,
1: it doesn't seem like things are, you know, off to a good start politically and then you know, governmentally, I shudder when I look at what's going on up in Buffalo with this storm response. It, it's just been a horrific couple of weeks here for New York.
0: And what is the death toll now? I, I think yesterday we had the mayor of Buffalo on and he said it was like 27 alone up up there. So
1: just before the show, I saw the numbers were updated to 31 oh. and, you know, it's everything I've been reading and I was obviously watching it really closely. This was a big part of my job when I worked for Governor Cuomo. And you know, the thing that is so astounding to me is that meteorologists nailed this one. They had been predicting this storm and they did it so accurately beginning last Sunday, over a week ago. And you know, <laughs> it's the kind of thing where when when that happens when people are saying there's going to be this terrible rain, Thursday flash freeze, Snow, wind, lake effect, it's, you know, it's going to be the terrific conditions. It's coming on Friday. There were no press conferences okay. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to sort of, you know, communicate to people the seriousness of what was going to happen and to say you've got to stay off the roads. And, and my difficult.
2: friends in Rochester and, and uh, Amherst tell me that they don't have enough equipment to remove the snow.
1: Well, and that's the thing, John, you know, it's like I look at the deployment numbers and it was clearly, you know, not up to the level of where it needed to be. And once the storm hit, and this is something I learned early on when I was working for the governor, once that snow starts to fall, it's too late. If you have advanced warning on the snow, you have to get the personnel and the equipment in place to be able to respond, because once the snow starts falling, you can't move things in. That's the whole point. And so in this situation, you had – The counties did road closures at 9 a.m., 9.30 a.m. on Friday with, like, 29-minute notice. People were already at work. The state had done it a couple of hours before, and so they weren't synced up. There was clearly no communication. And, you know, and then all of a sudden the snow falls. People are out. People are trying to get home. They're trapped in their cars. They freeze to death. And then on Saturday she deploys 54 members of the National Guard, which, first of all, You know, you could have deployed a thousand, you could have deployed five hundred, I mean, fifty four members to help. And then they couldn't even get in because they hadn't been sent in advance. So just all the way around, I think that when when all is said and done, there needs to be a serious after action report and they need to take a hard look at what happened here, because it seems to me like they were not properly prepared.
0: I remember just we have to wrap this up when I I was a reporter for Fox and I was doing snow coverage and Governor Cuomo was in office. And I remember they told us we have to get to the hotel. This was out in Long Island before the governor closed down the roads. And we were like, what? There's not even any snow yet. This and that. I remember us complaining. And thank God he did. We were on the side of the road doing the live shot. And of course, there was that one rogue driver and he lost control. And I was doing the he almost hit me with his mirror while I was doing the, the live shot. With his like truck, he had like uh, you know like an SUV, but I remember thinking to myself, Governor Cuomo, that was good. He had the foresight to shut down all of these roads because it really did keep people off the road. So when you hear the story about the young girl that was trapped in her car for eighteen hours and died in the freezing cold, and to and to know that it could have been prevented, that that's just horrific. Uh, so
1: you know, it's it's these storms. Nobody is perfect at responding to them, but every storm that happens government's job is to learn the lessons of that storm and apply them to future storms and the one thing that's consistent throughout is when you have a heads up when you have advanced warning you use that time to educate the public and to pre-deploy equipment personnel and you be ready because you know responding in these things is job one of government and when you let the people down there are life consequences life and death consequences and so You know, at the end of this, I think there's going to need to be a serious look at what exactly happened here and how they can improve next time, because it doesn't look to me like it was well executed.
0: Something tells me Hoka will not be getting a second term. Well, thank you so much, Melissa DeRosa. We have to wrap it up.
1: All right, right, guys. Happy holidays. Talk soon. When we
0: come back, a lot more to talk about. Cats at night.